Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos Podcast, where we talk with people around the world who can help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor, certified eating disorder specialist, and advanced clinical hypnotherapist. Calming the Chaos Podcast is for those who want self-help resources and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. In this episode of Calming the Chaos, I am here with Sue Coral, and we're going to be talking about oppressed women around the world and how we can help them to find peace. And I think this applies to many women that who are in extreme oppression, but if even if you're in a relationship where you feel like you're trapped, we are here today to help women move toward inner peace and help them through the struggles of oppression, of uh, of any kind of um, abuse, neglect, and she will help us to have some tips, tools, and techniques to use. As Sue is an international women's conference speaker, she's an author, she's a mentor, and she's a missionary. And she has a master's degree in education and also in Christian counseling. She is the founder and director of a Crown of, Crown of Beauty International and served as a missionary for 25 years in Asia and is the author of several books. Welcome, Sue. Hey, thank you. It's so great to be here today with you, Tracy, and all of you listeners. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. And just all of the really cool things that you do and the places that you've gone. I mentioned Asia, but you've been so many other places as well in the Middle East. Uh, so it would be great just to be able to give our listeners a bit of an, a history of who you are and how you came to do the work that you're doing uh, right now. We would love to sure. hear that background for, from you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I joined the mission force way back when, right out of college. And after a few years of doing youth work, I moved to Asia, to China. And that was an amazing experience. I thought I'd be there the rest of my life. I practically was <laughs> there wow. 20, 25 years. And um, I loved it. But over time, my job beca became meeting with leaders over there, whether they were missionaries, whether they were local leaders in education, in the church, in the community, whatever. I was meeting with them, and I was really, Tracy, starting to see a theme <laughs> that these women were barely surviving and I don't really mean physically in that case, though I go to those places now where that is sometimes the case. But I'm talking about emotionally and spiritually. So therefore affecting them physically, of course, because we know we're holistic beings, right? <laughs> so it all works together. Uh, yeah. So as I would get together and, and, and I would talk to them because they want me to come in and kind of evaluate uh, their school environment or their ministry or whatever they were doing. And, and I'd be like, well, how are you doing? And they said, I'm burnt out. I'm exhausted. Uh, I'm depressed. 
I'm full of anxiety. I can't sleep at night. Uh, I'm starting to have a lot of physical manifestations because of it. I'm having uh, huge marital issues. I'm struggling with my kids. I can't handle them. I'm losing my temper like off the charts, basically rage. They wouldn't name it, but that's what I find out beating my kids, whatever, all these things. And they're supposed to be leaders in their community. And so I shifted from <laughs> the job that I was doing, which was like evaluating, you know, these um, different um, educational groups or community groups or, or church groups and began to reach out to these leaders, seeing them hurting so much. The other thing that I discovered in that was when I began to talk to them about, share about your feelings, what are you going through? They'd start sharing a lot of their thinking. Well, I am blank, <laughs> you know, I'm so stupid or I'm a failure, I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm so lonely and I don't think anyone could love me. And then as I pursued that, like, tell me why, you know, well, I, I don't know. I, I think I feel I'm just unlovable or I'm really just no good or I'm inadequate. And as I pursued that, Tracy, I discovered that really has been a trend in their life since they were a child in most cases, not in every case, but about 90%. <laughs> so I, I shifted gears and that's what I began to do. That's when I began the Crown of Beauty International Ministry. At that point, it wasn't international, but um, when I moved back to, to the U.S. in 2016, it kind of exploded to other nations inviting me to come in and do trainings like that for women. And with the women uh, that you just described, their core beliefs, right? Like, I am unworthy, yes. I am not lovable, all of those things. Are you able to work with them individually and as a collective to be mm -hmm. able to reframe and uh, have people think different things about themselves? Yeah, good question. So uh, some of them I would meet one-on-one -on -one, or they come in for a weekend, stay for like three days and we work intensively because uh, they were coming from all over the country. Uh, some of them, though, I was doing workshops all over the country and um, that was really effective because I trained women to come with me and after I would do these seminars, we would break up into small groups and I trained these women how to help them. So basically I had a guide, which I think I, if I didn't send it to you, Tracy, I'll send it to you. You can send it out to people. It's also on my website. So what are common lies that we believe? about ourselves, that's the first seminar. So what we do is um, after I share my own life story, which had lots of <laughs> chaos and difficulty and trauma, I share that story very openly, Tracy, and people are kind of amazed that <laughs> I'm that vulnerable, but it helps them. It makes them feel like, oh, okay, maybe I can share this. if. If Sue's up there, you know, and she's gone through this and perhaps she'll understand and the people in my group will understand and or one on one, you know, and so as they share what we help them to begin to identify or what are those beliefs about self, you know, 
Um, and it, it comes out, we start out by sharing what's the struggle, what's the what's going on in your life right now, the painful event, we call it. And from that, let's identify what painful emotions you're going through. From there, they'll often say it without even asking, what are you believing about yourself or about your situation or about God or about others? And so you begin to, I write down all these beliefs as they're rattling these off without even realizing it. And then I read it back to them. Then I ask, hey, let's think about this. Are any of these things, and I'll kind of list them out. Have you felt this ever before? And they'll be thinking, well, yeah, actually. Well, when did that begin? When do you think you first felt that? They'll be like, gosh, I don't know. I really since i was young well about when can you think of time you didn't you know to kind of pinpoint a little more well i guess i started believing it in middle school oh really tell me more about middle school what was that like and they'll start sharing it and you begin to find out where that was rooted i don't go deep into it i um, I mean, Tracy, you're a counselor. You know, I really believe in counseling. And if there's been a lot of deep childhood trauma, I think they should talk with a counselor, have more intensive training. But the only reason I do is just to pinpoint, oh, okay, there was a time in my life this began. And I was a child. And so my conclusion as a child was, oh, well, my dad left my mom. That happened to me actually in middle school. And so it must be me. I must be unlovable. I must not be good enough. And and you begin to see, wow, it went back to there. Then you take them into the current, present. Let's think about that. Are you really unlovable? Let's mm -hmm. talk about that. And they can begin to see a need to reject that. That's just alive and clinging on to this, seeing this as my identity. And if they have the um, spiritual piece as well, we see that, that God himself, our creator, has said such amazing things about us, right? He says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that we're created in his image. We're image bearers. God's amazing. That makes me amazing, right? God is enough. God is beautiful. God is wonderful. God is caring. God is love. Therefore, I am you know, and we help to to re begin to replace those lies, you know, which is right a part of a trauma therapy, even where we're just um, building new neurological pathways, right? Instead of going to that negative side, going to that positive side. But it takes time. It takes training. It takes the Bible calls it renewing your mind, right? So it takes that continual renewal every day, might be a few times a day in the beginning, but it'll get easier and easier. Well, it sounds like what you do is you take the beliefs that people have about themselves and you trace them back to where they started. Mm -hmm. And then you fast forward to the future or to the present and you check the facts on them. And is this actually really true? And is it truthful and is it helping you in your life, right? These beliefs are not helpful. So when you work with a person, you you do that cognitive process, it sounds mm -hmm. like, correct? Right. And I, I like that piece that you added too about, is it helping you? So mm -hmm. I would do that more one-on-one. Um, -on -one. 
So if mm -hmm. in the group somebody's really uh, still struggling, you know what I mean, They're, then I'll try to set up a one-on-one -on -one appointment with them, even if it had to be virtually or whatever. But um, And it's such a great question to ask because I think a lot of behaviors that we have, oh, that's, I didn't even mention that. Then we move into what are the behaviors that have resulted that I've used to I call them protective behaviors. So what are those behaviors I'm using to protect myself so that I won't have to go through that hurt again or so that I won't have to hear that terrible word spoken to me again. I won't have to feel that again, whatever it is to begin to identify that. That's when you ask, is this behavior helping you? Right. Is, it, is it working for you? Mm -hmm. And I really, I, it's, it's important because as long as somebody thinks it's working for them, they're not going to change. Right. But it's when they really see that it's not. And sometimes you have to point it out. Sometimes they don't think there's another option. Right. You know, I'm, I'm stuck in this and there's mm -hmm. nothing I can do. For example, um, you know, now I work in a lot of very impoverished areas. And um, one of the brothers told me this when I was in Uganda, he said, there's a poverty mentality that is bondage. And I said, what, what do you mean by that? And he says, it's, it's the sense that I'm poor, our nation's poor, we'll always be poor, there's nothing I can do about it. So eat, drink, and be merry, except they're not merry, right? <laughs> eat, drink, and be miserable. Yeah. And they feel like there's not an option. And he said, there's always an option. In God, there's always an option. And so even our circumstances may not change. It's true. Although often what I see, very often what I see is when my mentality changes, when my mental health, health changes, when I begin to identify myself in, in a healthier, better way, then mm -hmm. I get motivation, I get energy, I get, um, I begin to see, wow, I was created for a purpose, right? And, and that purpose is a good life. A purpose is to be helpful for others. That purpose is to reproduce my life into others by passing on these gifts that, that I've been given by God. Mm -hmm. And so then you see that I don't, I'm not, trapped in poverty of hopelessness. I may physically not have a lot, but I can still have an incredibly meaningful, purposeful life as much as anybody else. Yeah, what you described is that scarcity mentality that happens. I work with eating disorders is my specialty. And so when we talk about people who have struggled with food and eating, there have often been a lack, you know, either from money or food or uh, mm -hmm. emotional, there's there's some sort of a lack of a scarcity that people do not believe that they are able to uh, attain their even their basic needs. So they sort of give up. Uh, there is a, a study uh, done on the um, the Seligman's dogs, and it's mm -hmm. really super sad when you think about what they did to these dogs. They just continued to shock these dogs in these cages, and they learned helplessness. Mm 
And that's where that, that phrase learned helplessness comes from is from that. There's nothing I can do. So I'm just going to sit here and take the blows. But I think what you might do through both sharing your story with people and also integrating a spirituality and hope uh, you, you give people a new way of thinking and not just about themselves, but about their circumstances. So I don't know how much you want to share about, like you said that, that they, you go up on stage and you share your story with some people and they're just like, wow, boy, mm-hmm. if, if Sue's going to share this and be this vulnerable, I don't know how much you want to share with our audience, but sure. I'd be very willing to just at least get a taste of what your story is that inspires Absolutely. people so much. Sure. So I was born with an extremely severe cleft palate. So I had no nose, no upper lip, no palate. I had issues in my trachea. It was uh, extreme breathing difficulties. I, they couldn't figure out how to feed me. So I was having heart issues. My mom, God had prepared her because she had already been a nurse for a few years at a hospital that had the number one cleft palate doctor, you know, plastic surgeon in the country. So they were flying in these babies from all over the country for him to try really experimental at that point procedures. He's actually the one that designed skin grafting. So that goes way back into the 50s. So uh, my mother was an RN with the children, pediatric nurse. And so she was specializing in his babies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And because of that, she was figuring out creative ways to to feed them. However, they hadn't had a a baby with with quite as severe a case as mine. And they just couldn't get food into me. I only thing I can figure is they must not have been able to do like intravenous feeding or whatever back then for children. I mean, they barely had uh, anesthesia back then for children. And so um, they told me at three weeks, your baby's dying. I think you should take her home so at least she can be with her brothers and her father. And my mom did take me home, but not to die. She had prayed and she really felt in her heart that God said this baby will live and she's my gift to you. And so she went home. They even paid her to like take care of me and um because she was a nurse from there and she got my health back she figured out a way to get food into me by making a mask out of one of my brother's toys and all these other contraptions and and um attached it to a bottle that she breastfed into and so after three months she took me back and demanded the doctor operate and he thought i would die on the table but i didn't And so then that continued and over 15 years, I had 26 surgeries. So from zero to six, I was mostly in the hospital, several surgeries a year. But after that, it was every summer up through 10th grade. So it was, that was bad enough, right? That's pretty hard. Oh my goodness. (laughs) um, And I can't imagine now that I'm a mother, what that was like for my mom. Uh, In fact, in my... um, my Instagram and everything, this and my podcast, I'm doing a tribute to my mom because she's in her last days, I'm afraid. But mm-hmm. she um, really believed in me and believed what God told her. And so she just persevered and kept me alive. 
But the hard part, Tracy, came when I think a lot of people listening can identify when I went to school and I really couldn't speak clearly, which is pretty funny now that I'm a public speaker, but <laughs> praise God. Funny how um, life works. <laughs> I know, right? And uh, so even a teacher told me I couldn't read with the kids because they couldn't understand me and things like that. And I was teased endlessly every day, mostly from boys. I'm very extroverted, so I managed to get in on the girls' worlds, but the, the boys were pretty mean. And I started hearing that so often that I was believing it. Pretty soon I thought, I'm ugly, I'm, I'm rejectable, I can never be loved, especially by a man. So my mm -hmm. protective behavior, Tracy, was to keep men away from me. So I had a few occasionally boys that were sweet. They're usually the boys that hang out with the girls kind of thing, you know. But um, I was really fearful that if I'm around them, I know they're just going to cut me to shreds and I didn't want to hear it. So that's how I moved into my life. And even after I became an adult or a young adult, I still had that protective behavior. So when I went off to college, that wasn't as easy to mm, deal with because, you know, if the weekend comes, everybody goes to the parties and you don't want to be left out, especially me, Miss Extrovert. I'm about 10 for 10 on that chart of <laughs> extroversion. So I would go, but there's so many men and they're all just trying to hit on women and all that. So how do I deal with it? I drank. Mm -hmm. And I just tried to like numb my fears and it, it kind of worked except that then I ended up being taken advantage of mm -hmm. and um, had an abusive, couple abusive situations happen to me. Oh, so um, yeah, that kind of rocked my world and I ended up um, the second half of college uh, I don't know if I committed or recommitted my life to, to faith, to Christ. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, again, I told you my mom was a Christian, my dad was not. And my mom had to work every weekend to pay the bills while dad watched us, so we didn't go to church. So I was unfamiliar with that until uh, high school. There was like a group of kids that talked with me that were athletes like me. I was very athletic. That was one thing that really got me through. I'm very pro-athletics because um, that is where I found a lot of security and confidence. And it also built me up as a leader because I was always put in leadership positions and I did very well in uh, athletic career. That was helpful. So I get, eventually I graduate from college and I go into youth work. The only problem with youth work is you work with the guys too. And and I I love the guys. I thought they're great, but I was scared of them. And it kind of came across, you know, I came across way too um, aggressive, I guess, or like intimidating maybe is a better word. Mm -hmm. And so I started to realize that because I was struggling to be as kind and loving to the men as I was the women. And I'm like, this isn't okay. You know, <laughs> I need to love everybody. So mm -hmm. I saw a counselor that was really helpful and began to identify and realize how these things I believed about myself were really interfering in my life. And, but I did have trouble, Tracy, 
changing that belief. You know, it was so ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that the counselor really helped me in that aspect, like how I viewed myself. She helped me with individual men issues like my dad to forgive them. That was very helpful. Forgiveness was really important piece. But when it came was later and I was um, already on the mission field already in Asia. And uh, it, it actually came when I realized I'm, I'm reading, I was reading the Bible and I thought, you know, I read what it says, but what I believe is different. And that's not okay because this is God's truth. So I, I need to believe when it says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made that I really am. And when I learned about what that meant is when I learned that I'm an image bearer. And that's amazing. And so I began the whole process I just told you I do with others. I started doing to myself and just replacing those lies and writing on my, um, or right on paper, tape on my mirror, I'm beautiful, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made and beginning to replace that and then learn to meditate, just meditation on that positive, uh, you know, thought. And, and it began to change me significantly and therefore definitely influence uh, my ability to just love the brothers. I had to first forgive the past, past wounds. But as I did that, I found that freedom. So that's what I share from up front. And it helps women think, wow, yeah, what do I believe about myself that is keeping me from loving others or from um, being all that I can be or having confidence or whatever, whatever was being hindered. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. It's such a powerful one. And one, it's sort of from rags to riches, if you want to think about it that yeah. way. And um, and now being able to help so many people in so many different countries, especially women uh, who are oppressed or impoverished, neglected. I, I don't know how you could maybe tell our audience how you're able to work with I think I'm just sort of thinking about a basic situation where this happens a lot, where a woman is really feeling oppressed in a relationship. So say they don't feel very powerful in that relationship, uh, whether it be a romantic relationship or with a family member, but if they really do not perceive themselves to have a whole lot of power and how you hook in that the higher power with, with that, uh, because I do wanna hear more about how you integrate the spirituality in with women who may not necessarily be Christian women, right? They could be right. a people who don't believe in any, or not even open to believing any spirituality, but can you speak to, how we can move women from this perception of oppression and abuse or neglect and stuckness in maybe even a relationship that doesn't serve them uh, to be able to use spirituality to uh, transcend and uh, to be able to grow themselves out of that. Yeah, I, I would probably start by saying that I would want to understand what that relationship was like. What was that abuse? Um, because I, what I don't want to encourage is somebody 
you know, talking about, oh, you can be confident, you can be strong in who you are, and then just stay in an abusive relationship. You know, you don't want to do that. So I do want to understand that um, they're protected. For example, I work with one woman, she was in a farming area, very, very, very countryside in China, and she was being beaten to a pulp. Like, mm. it was terrifying she had been to the hospital so many times and the last time her son came to the rescue kind of but then the dad just beat him to a pulp oh with rods goodness. and i'm like okay we're not going to talk to her now about you can be confident i'm going to talk to her about getting out of this relationship. basic needs right like basic yeah. needs being so medical needs start, i do want to start there so first i find out are they in a safe place you know um, and if they are, then I think a lot of times women, we do just need to um, realize again that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm never ashamed to say God is on your side, you know, <laughs> that, and if I, I don't push it, you know, if somebody says, no, I don't believe in God, okay, well, then I'm going to have to work with, but either way, I tell them, but you're still an amazing person. Every single person is created um, with as an image bearer, whether you believe that or not about God, just know that every person has incredible potential and you do too. And so as we look back at how that was torn down, that's the first thing we have to do. Okay. We need to see what were these things that you believed, and, and we uncover all that. And then we look at their current situation, which is what you're saying, Tracy is abusive, you know, and, that's what's happening again. So we need to teach them a new way of responding because the old way was to roll over like a dog and just let him get beat, you know, exactly. um, or try to just keep peace all the time. But then if he drinks too much, boom, that doesn't work either, you know, that kind of thing. So um, I want to teach them boundaries. I want to teach them that um, you are worth more. You don't deserve this, okay? You are valuable. That's one of the, the four truths we teach in my first seminar is that you're beautiful or fearfully wonderfully made, that you're, that you're forgiven. That's important too, that you're valuable and that you're loved. And so I, I help them see you're a valuable person and you need to be treated like gold. God sees you as gold, you know, that you're a treasure. He says, you're like that precious treasure. Um, and that's how you should be treated. And if somebody's not treating you that way, you want to immediately just be telling yourself, I am valuable. I am a treasure. I'm precious. And there's a wonderful uh, verse in the Old Testament that says that we are precious and honored and loved by God. And so... I can think that of myself. I'm precious, I'm honored, and I'm loved. And if somebody isn't treating me that way, then I just say, um, if they're sober, if they're drunk, I would not say it then. I would just get away. But if they're sober, in a sober moment, in a better moment, or when they're calm, just say, I want you to know that this is what I'm learning about myself, whether you choose to believe it or not, but I am Okay, I am precious, I'm honored, I'm loved, mm -hmm. I'm valuable. And so I just want you to know that when you call me 
blank. You call me stupid. You call me useless. You call me worthless. That that is not true. And if you do that, I will walk away. I will not talk to you. Okay. So I want you to speak with, to me with words that are valuable. Now that can be scary, I admit, but mm -hmm. we have to learn to do that. And, and if it triggers him, well, then that means we need to separate, you know, we need to put space so that he can learn, look, I will be, and I, I've had to do that with a friend once that when she went into a real depression, that affected her, but she started treating me really bad, mm -hmm. and um, the reason and saying just terribly mean things to me. And I, I said, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to leave right now, and I won't come back to this house unless you speak to me with more respect and honor. And you deserve that, and I deserve that. And so fortunately, in that case, she did, and it helped. Wow. You know, it's kind of like what you, you do is you help people to believe something different and wonderful about themselves, and then you have them actually stand up for their own self-respect. Once they start to believe a different story about themselves, then they can actually stand up for themselves yeah. and ask for what they really and truly need and, and right. deserve when you think about that. Let me just add this. That being said, I work in some areas that um, are really oppressive to women, some places in the Middle East, mm -hmm. um, even some places like in um, Southeast Asia and, um, and Central Asia. So when it's a culture, the whole culture's that way, um, it's really tough. Because a woman doesn't have that choice, you know, like I help a lot of Afga Afghans. Well, in Afghanistan, they, they can't just leave the marriage. I mean, they would be destitute, you know what I'm saying? And, and they'd be outcasts in India, parts of India, same way. So in this case, what, and I do find that other than Europe and North America, I don't know anywhere else where people aren't spiritual beings. <laughs> Seriously, they have some kind of faith. You know, mm -hmm. they don't believe that they're separate from this higher power or this, you know, whether they call them God or what. The universe, but, source, energy, whatever yeah, it is, right? So I, I, what I'm helping them to see is, and I think it really helps if they understand that that, that source you're talking about is personal, you know, that's why God is helpful because he's personal, right? And that there is someone who does love you, who does value you, who does respect you, who thinks you're amazing, who thinks you're awesome, who forgives you for every, you know, wrong that you've done or whatever, who is here for you to, to cry with you, you know, who weeps when you weep. Um, and this allows them to have this beautiful relationship of where, where you can be confident, where you can be valuable, where you can be beautiful, where you can be accepted and loved and forgiven um, and healed. And that even if on this outside, I have to endure for this season, 
what we do find, Tracy, is often, not always, but often, when a woman changes and she begins to see herself with greater respect, the man changes as well. He begins to see her with more respect. Wow. Yeah, well, that's sort of the dynamic of the universe, right? The energy dynamic that happens. Mm -hmm. So if a person does not respect themselves very much or value themselves very much, then likely they will attract somebody yeah. who doesn't value them. And that's where the abuse may begin and end. So what you're saying then is that women can change that cycle simply by believing a different story about themselves. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And it, it may or may not push that man away. But another lie is I have to have him or I'll die. You know, right. I remember learning that in our counseling classes that we all spiral. We have these spirals. You know, it starts with, oh, this outfit looks terrible on me mm -hmm. to, oh, nobody's going to want to pay attention to me. Well, I'm not really worthy of being paid attention to. Well, I'm all alone. Yeah, I don't know. I call I it walking down the basement stairs. Like, okay, like yeah. you can open the basement door and you can walk down the first step, but like people will keep walking down. And, yeah, and that's yeah, exactly yeah. what you just that's described. Yeah, I always think of it as a spiral, but then at the bottom of the spiral is, I remember our professor saying is, I want to die. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, well, that's rather dramatic. I don't know about that. You know, the more I've done counseling over the years, the more I'm like, well, it's kind of true at the bottom of that is, or I wish I were dead or, you know, and that's sad, but to, to realize that, no, we don't need to go there, that we are valuable people and um, that we have something wonderful to offer to this world. And that, I believe that's, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't, don't believe that. I believe you know? everybody does in their in their uh, unique, uh, different ways. And mm -hmm. um, wow! And so I think too, when we say that uh, people do um, want to die, and um, certainly people do take their own lives, I I think that a lot though is about that people just really want the pain to end and yeah. they see that that is the only way. And so presenting to them another way, a life worth living, or even just a different belief system would be so important to yes. help people to understand. It's sort of like a, what do they call it? A paradigm shift that people don't, they're, they're sort of thinking inside a box and they really haven't been introduced to a different way or a different possibility of thinking about themselves. So that's sort of what you do. You go in there and you introduce them to a different way. Yeah. I had a really cool story once where I was in the hill way up in the jungle in Thailand. And there's a group of people that they were refugees originally from Burma and then called Burma, now Myanmar, and, and uh, Thailand just stuck them up in the jungle. And so I was taken up in this Jeep eight hours up through dirt roads. We get up to these all these villages. And so they there are tigers and cobras up there. So we had to hire trucks to go pick up all these people. And so they came, uh, we did the conference, and after uh, the man who was sponsoring us, he said, I'm going to take you out to one of the little uh, villages. And so we, we went, it was nighttime, we went through these dirt roads, and he, we got there. They don't have electricity, and every single person comes, 
you know, it's like you, it's such a tiny little place, you know, that they have built like a, um, it's like a church, I guess, and a building and, and everybody came. And so it, the whole time before I spoke, I really sensed God was saying, I want you to share this from your mother's perspective. Like, what was it like for your mother to go through all that? And so it's like, okay. <laughs> so I shared my story, but with that perspective. And afterwards, um, there's this very old woman standing at the door and she called my the director to her and to translate for me and she said i was planning to kill myself tonight but then i was told i had to come to this but my plan was when i was when this was over i, I already have figured out how i was going to end my life and but now that i hear how your mother persevered and endured all that she went through because my mother also had a, a blood disease and was she was supposed to die so seven years through all that i'm going through seven years she had blood transfusions every day and was kind of miraculously healed after seven years anyway so this woman says i'm not gonna die i know i have a reason i now i know i have a purpose so all of us y'all all of us have a purpose all of us have meaning in fact, if you don't mind, I will share there is a Bible verse because it's really cool. And I think everybody will like this. And it, it says, for we are God's workmanship or his children, right? We're created to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. So what's that saying is that from your birth, he's already infused you with all these amazing, wonderful traits, talents, interests abilities that he wants to develop those so that you'll be able to live out your your given purpose on this earth that's very valuable that's going to help other people that makes a difference we make a difference and so that's a good message for people to hear Oh, I just, I'm so looking forward to sharing this podcast with a bunch of my clients who are just, some of them are very, um, very resistant to spirituality. And of course, I don't push that. But I also say that um, mental health does become easier to manage when you do have some sort of a spiritual yeah. outlet. And then there are those who will refuse to believe anything good about themselves. And they're just very, very stuck in those beliefs. So maybe, maybe you're going to do some good in helping to yeah, kind of chip away. So. Yeah, I, I would so love that. We have amazing potential. You know, Tracy, one of my um, hospital stays, I think I was about eight. And I got to know this girl the night before a surgery. You used to have to go in the day before. And she was a little fireball wild woman, right? And she was in a wheelchair. So she had me wheeling her all over. We were being very naughty and going places we shouldn't go. And the next day we had our surgery and both of us, it was all day. You know, I wouldn't even wake up till midnight. It was about eight hour surgeries. And mm. so the following day I woke up and I look over and um, she, there was a curtain drawn. And after a few days, they pulled the curtain back. And I discovered that she, they had amputated both of her legs. And I remember that day, it was, it was a landmark in my life because I thought, you are, you're an amazing person. And not having legs doesn't change that. You're still wild and crazy and fun and creative and 
and bring joy and life. And I want you to know that. And I want everybody to know that. And it became like my mission that mm. I'm going to help people to understand that no matter what you look like or or what your personality, that you have something amazing to bring to other people. Wow, what a story. I bet you have a lot of those. And um, I appreciate you you sharing the ones that you did. And if any other ones come up, you just let me know. I, I do want to uh, highlight uh, your website right sure. now. Uh, right now, so, so the website uh, that Sue is uh, at primarily, which is kind of neat because it's just one, one yeah. sort of centralized location, a crown of beauty international.com. You can check you it out. You might have to put a www.crownofbeauty. I'm not sure. Possibly. It actually works this way because way. I copied oh, and good. pasted it. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. And you could put a www in it okay. as well. Um, there's, there's a, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start and attempt to share my screen. I have a podcast as well called His Heartbeat. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to, I have a link to that as well. So let me just okay. do this one. I'm impressed, Tracy. You're pretty techie. Good job. <laughs> can you see, can you see yeah, yourself? There you great. are. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. video has my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is the, um, as you can see up top, www.crownofbeautyinternational.com. Mm -hmm. And I think you can reach it just by the HTTPS as well. It'll just put in the www. But so this is about a four-minute video where Sue tells her story. And if we can edit that in, I'll go ahead and do that for sure. And then I want you to tell us a little bit more about this book. This is the book that you have published back in uh, 2021. And so that's mm -hmm. not that long ago. What is Broken but Undefeated? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that book? Sure. Yeah. I I went through, uh, there's a, a book in the Bible called Hebrews. And one of the chapters is all about the heroes, <laughs> the heroes mm -hmm. in the Bible. And I thought, somebody needs to do a talk on this sometime, you know, like, I want to be a hero. <laughs> you know, we're really into that today, aren't we, with um, mm. COVID and all. And so I did a one-year study of going through each of these heroes and seeing what's unique. Why are they separately listed? What's unique about their faith? And then I wrote it like a devotional because, you know, some of us, uh, you know, maybe we don't want to pick up a Bible and read it, but we like those little daily excerpts. And it'll it'll help you to see all these different principles that can help you to have more faith in life, more faith in God, more faith in others. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what that one is. And my my key, keynote, I don't know if that's where, right if you're talking about a book, but is my book Crown of Beauty. 12-week um, Bible study, if you are from Christian faith, um, even if you're not, I have some Muslim friends who are using it right now, um, but it's a 12-week study that really goes in depth in what I've been talking about, helping you to see how who you are, the beautiful things of who you are, the beautiful things of who God is, and and also it asks a lot of those questions that are a little challenging, like, why don't I believe I'm valuable? Where does that come from? Why don't I believe that I could be forgiven? Why don't I believe that 
I'm acceptable, you know, so it goes through a lot of those things. And I think we are seeing so much change in people's lives. Um, I usually take a full year to go through it with people, but it is a 12 week, you can go slower, uh, that we've translated it now into eight languages. And wow. so, yeah, so we use it um, in the Muslim world in Arabic, and we use it in Bangladesh and Bengali. We Now those ones you could write to me, um, or, you know, on our website, you'll see the email. Um, and I can send those digitally. We have Chinese, both traditional and simplified. And we just published the Spanish and the French. So that's in there as well. Uh, I think I'm, oh, I have a men's version called More Than Conquerors, which is like 70% the same. I got some other couple guys to help me with that one. Um, nice. Yeah. So we have other languages out there to help as well. Yeah. And this is your podcast. Yes. And it's called His Heartbeat with Sue Coral. And again, you can access this on the, uh, the crownofbeautyinternational.com. And then there's a, a, a tab that says podcast, as you can see there. And so what do you do on this podcast, Sue? And um, what do you talk about? So, um, yeah, we created this, I say we, because I have a whole team here that I've raised up to help me. Um, but we've created this to really help women identify what those lies and truths are. And so, you know, it, it comes in different forms. I have uh, speakers who deal with, for moms, what are those you know, lies and truths for working women, single women, um, wives, uh, just and then breaking down some of those, you know, like when I'm uh, feeling overwhelmed, where, what's the root of that? Why do I feel that way? Yeah, there you go. And we also have some, you see that one, reaching out to your international neighbors. We really have a heart to help all of us reach out to our neighbors and especially those that maybe we feel uncomfortable. We believe a lot of lies like, oh, they won't want to talk to me or I wouldn't know what to say or, you know, so we kind of help even with that. We have one on trauma. I'd like to yeah. get Tracy on here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just yeah. a lot of questions that we, we have that we ask. And we just finished one year. So we're on our 53rd episode, 54th coming out this week. Um, recently, we did one, how to live victoriously when you have long-term illness. Mm. And um yeah, the scout that is with our community is living a pretty amazing life despite her health. Yeah. I love this feeling overwhelmed. That that could really appeal to a lot of my audience as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. I love that. And the trauma and is church enough? And then there's the illness one right there too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's so neat to be able to know that you are doing so much to help our greater uh, community, for sure. You also have, a, so this is the uh, link to the podcast. And uh, so you can get to that on the crownofbeautyinternational.com and just click on the podcast page. And so you also have a Facebook group and yeah. I'll try and share the screen and let's see if we can find out the purpose of the Facebook group. A lot of people do have Facebook groups with different purposes, but I don't know what yeah, yours is. Yeah, ours is mostly does look neat, a weekly. So. Yeah, we do share um, a weekly uh, blog there that different ones of us help 
to write. Um, I haven't yet developed, you know, like an on, ongoing, uh, you know, where we share on, on the Facebook page together. I haven't done that yet. Uh, it's mm -hmm. more helping people see what's out there. That bottom picture there, um, that's this this week's podcast. I would love it if y'all listen, even if you hear this, you know, weeks from now. I don't know when this is going up. But um, that's my mom's. That's her, my mom in that picture and her story, uh, mm. she and I and our story, what we went through and the legacy that mom has left, not just with me, but with so many women and men. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She has been the, that inspiration. She's the mm -hmm. one that believed in you. She knew you were going to live and she did everything that she could to keep you alive. And yeah. so this yeah. is definitely one that you'd want to listen to for sure. Yeah. And you can get to this if, is, if Facebook is your preferred method of social media, you can get through it here or you can go to or Instagram website. as well. Yeah. I like Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You okay? So yeah, that is that is true. Sometimes people actually like Instagram a little bit better, and yeah. so guess what? We've got your Instagram. There you right go. Here. You got it all. And I hope it's, to be putting out a course soon. Our whole conference is recorded professionally, and I know a lot of people can't show up. You know wherever I'm going. So um, yeah, if, if you get on our website, then when we create these new books. I have a new book coming out called Thrive, How to Thrive, Not Just Survive, which I just gave in the Middle East. And so I'm developing it into a book. Sue, I just really appreciate you being here today and really just being, being doing what you're doing, the work that you're doing, and uh, just spreading just these well, you're calling attention to the lies and you're helping people to do more truthful and helpful things in the world, believe different things about themselves. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Any things coming up yeah. that you'd like to plug or any other products and services that you think you that our listeners might want to uh, Well, I just want to encourage everybody, if you go on our website under um, resource or more, it just says more, and go on to there. And then one of the resources is this whole list of lies and then uh, pages of truths. Those are from the Bible, but the lies are really helpful to just begin to identify uh, what I'm believing that's not actually true. Let's see if we can get to that here. Yeah, I love your techiness. <laughs> I, I don't know if somebody like that. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Okay. So here's so really what it is, it's under the more tab, mm -hmm. and then there's resources. Mm -hmm. So then we've got some episodes here. And yeah. do we just scroll down to see oh, the lives? Oh, I, or? I normally think it's supposed to be there. Uh huh. is that it right now? Yeah, there's know. there's oh. just just some of the episodes here. Journaling huh. prompts. All right. Let me work on that. We'll get that up for everybody. <laughs> I apologize. It oh, was no there. Worries. No I worries know. at all. Um, and I would love to be able to um, just even if you can get that for the show notes, that would be wonderful yeah. because I think that yeah, everybody let me send that to you. That would be great. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on Calming the Chaos today, uh, Sue. And uh, and you take good care and keep doing that work that you're you're doing. And everybody, remember that uh, Sue can be reached at her website, 
uh, crownofbeautyinternational.com. You can check her out on Facebook and on Instagram and check yeah. out her podcast. Yes, I do love to hold conferences. Um, we do one, two or three day conferences and I am not, I, I am supported financially through um, a group called Crew. And so I don't have to charge an arm and a leg to come speak to your community. And I, I love speaking to communities where women really feel oppressed and struggling, but even for leaders, you know, all these things. So just contact me and I'd love to come out wherever you are. Awesome. Connect with Sue. Uh, yes. And then uh, we will uh, hope to see you in the future and all of the endeavors that you do. Um, take good care again. And thank you for being a guest on Calming the Chaos podcast. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos podcast. If the information in this podcast has been helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and on YouTube. You can also go to our podcast website at www.calmingthechaospodcast.com, where you can listen to all Calming the Chaos podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.